happy Mother's Day, everybody, to all our mothers listening out there. Happy Mother's Day. How many My mothers do we, you think we listen. got? My mom doesn't listen. My Does mom yours? doesn't listen either. <laughs> okay. But we do it anyway for the mothers of America. Yeah. Yeah. We're the mothers of America. Well. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Who do you think won this year? Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Right. The, uh, uh, do they still do right. that? The, the, the battle. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Because I think they had one in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I, I imagine it's awarded on Mother's Day. Yeah. That would make sense. Jaden could Google it, but he refuses. Yeah, I refuse to do so. Jaden's actually anti-Google, which is weird. Yeah. Why, Jaden? Um, he only uses Bing. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Bing boy. I was a Bing boy when it was a thing. Really? I thought it was so cool how you could like see the video. <laughs> I don't think I've ever used Bing in my entire life. It ain't worth it. What's the what's the like? Uh... You can see video. Yeah. So like when you search something on Google, say you search like. Um, what's the video? <laughs> this is like completely left my head. <laughs> Nyan cat. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's say you Google like Nyan cat or whatever the fuck, <laughs> and you click search. You'll see like a few icons for the video, but then you have to click on the icon to go to the video. You wouldn't have to do that with Bing. You can just hover over. Same thing with links. So if you search in like um, the Grand Canyon, you can just hover over the hyperlink to wikipedia and it gives you a preview of the first page of what you're about to click on so you can read like a tiny version of the wikipedia article that's cool so you don't have to like click and go back and click and maybe when i was little i literally was like "Ooh, i can check for screamers this way (laughs) (laughs) nice nice (laughs) let's check on bing i'm gonna check on bing real quick how you doing bing well now it's called microsoft bing (laughs) (laughs) what about ask jeeves that's still around is that even a search engine? I don't know what that is. I guess ask.com. I don't know. Welcome to It's Not That Scary, a horror movie podcast. We're watching right. horror movies chronologically through time. Um, right. We're currently in the year 1951 where we watched The Thing from Another World. That's right. Um, so we're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be talking about the remake from 1982, John Carpenter's The Thing. That's right. Um, but before we can talk about that, we got to talk about the year 1951. What That's the right. hell happened, Margo? Hardly anything. There was literally a hardly anything on, on the say.com. Couple things of note. So obviously, like Cold War um, is in full swing. We're in Korea now. Um, the Rosenbergs, they were um, accused Soviet spies, um, and they were sentenced to death for what? espionage. <gasps> yeah, uh, it's fucked up. Wow. Um, Just I've like never a little heard of couple. This. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not widely publicized because it's like fucked up. Yeah. Um, yeah, McCarthy yeah. is um starting now. Okay. I don't know if it was in full swing yet. Jade Gerhoover turned down the role to be baseball commissioner. That was for some reason included. He had to hang out with Shirley Temple. Guys and Dolls <laughs> won the Tony Award for Best Musical. Hell yeah, my very first musical I was ever in. Oh really? Who did you play? I was Sky Masterson and I sang Luck Be a Lady. I'll include a pic on the Insta. I've only seen a one act version of Oh nice. <laughs> you have a picture of you in the musical? I have a picture of me in a suit uh, acting as Sky Masterson. How young are we talking? Probably sixth grade. Was wow. it school or community theater? It was summer camp. Oh, camp theater. The worst kind. 
<laughs> yeah, we were the summer stars. So <laughs> during our production of Guys and Dolls, there was this one girl in the cast who kept forgetting all her words, and I'm not kidding. She would literally just go la 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 in the words <laughs> that she forgot. I don't <laughs> understand. Really <laughs> I, as someone who has a giant brain, um, remem- like memorizing lines <laughs> has always come super easy to me, yeah. and I never, I just like don't understand, especially because. Yeah. In high school, we would have two, three months of a production yeah. to like learn everything, and people would go on during the parent preview and not know their lines. And That's I'm like, crazy "What have me. you been doing?" I know. In high school, um, my sophomore year, I was the lead in the Mousetrap. Um, I was the detective, and uh, I had the most lines. And there was like our first like off book date. Um, and I knew all of my lines because I was like, oh, I should because it's the first off book date. Yeah. Um, but nobody else did. But I didn't want to seem like a nerd <laughs> for knowing all of my lines. So I pretended to not know my lines yeah. in front of everybody else. I've been there. I've been there. That's funny. My high school was competitive with theater. So if you knew all your, your lines, you had uh, big dick energy. I always like for memorizing lines for me, it feels like not only one of the easier things to do, even though it's a pain in the butt, but... Like, I just, it feels so offensive to just get on stage and not know your lines to me. I just, like, that would feel so unbelievably embarrassing to me. I'm always shocked when people do it, especially late in the game, like you were saying. Even, I've been in productions where people are struggling with lines up to dress rehearsal, and it literally offends me. Like, I get angry. That's the life of the theater for you. Yeah, I've been in productions where people don't know their lines uh, during the performances, and they just never learn their lines. It's insane to me. One time I was in a production of A Winter's Tale by William Shakespeare. You know, ever heard of him? And my scene partner um, got in a fight with the stage manager and didn't show up for uh, the the final scene. Wow. Yeah, and he didn't get in trouble. He got, like, awarded, like, best actor or whatever. Jesus so mad. Christ. I was so mad. It was ridiculous. That's so stupid, especially because half of the stage manager's literal job is to wrangle the actors. So, like, of course, the stage manager is going to be pissed at you. But also, the stage manager was, was a bitch. So, like, I get it. Yeah, it comes with the role. Uh, one of the stage managers from uh, my high school theater productions was the same person who murdered somebody after college. Or during college, I mean. The one we talked about yeah. on the pod? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, comes with the role, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, Jaden. Yeah, it really fucked me up when I first learned about it. You were there. I was in the room when you very first learned about it. Wow. I guess I was. Um, What were we talking about? Oh, the Rosenbergs? Oh, right. Yes. (laughs) Wow. Do you know, is this a story? Is this like a Charles Lindbergh moment? No, no. That I don't know? um, Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's very well known because, again, like, um, especially Cold War era... Uh, there's not a whole lot of history that we're taught other than like U.S. is good, Russia bad. Uh-huh. That makes sense. A lot of propagandizing. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I, for a long time, I'm, their family especially was like adamant about their innocence. And I mean, regardless of whether or not they were actually spies, no spies, reason to kill no them. One, yeah. I just, right. I'm, I'm anti-death penalty. Shocker. The nerve. Um, but yeah, main thing to note is just that like the Cold War is burning up. Haha. <laughs> no, no, it's really cold. <laughs> it's it's really cold. 
Except in Korea, where it's very hot. Where it's very hot. And, and Vietnam is cooked as preheating. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And so I think that's pretty significant within the context of both the films we watched today, because both are Cold War critiques, and they are 30 years apart. Yeah, well, Cold War was going on for both yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. Especially the la- the um, 1982 version, because there's mm-hmm. less mistrust in the uh, original but with the 1982, yeah, yeah, it, it was yeah. like a pretty much direct comment on McCarthyism. And then also a little bit about uh, homosexuality. Yeah, that's also a really interesting take, Margot. Well, I that's from the Wikipedia page, so. Oh, okay. Either way. Some guy in the Atlantic wrote about it. I'm not. Uh, the the homosexuality take is not clicking with me, so we'll have to talk about that yeah, later. Yeah, when we get there, I'll, re- I'll, weed, I'll, weed, I'll weed the Wikipedia yeah. page. It's also a, well, I guess we can get into it. Yeah, we watched The Thing from Another World, um, which is the original version of The Thing, The Thing from Outer Space, John Carpenter's The Thing, the 2011 remake of The Thing, um, really spawned a lot of um, remakes. And yeah, it was my week to pick. It was a movie that I had heard of, um, and I was, I was interested in seeing. Yeah. And how did, how did it go for you overall? I'm going to say I uh, preferred the older version. Very interesting. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I, I just, like, I can only handle so many men talk. Well, yeah, actually, no, I, I don't know. You. The the 1951 version, um, I guess, okay, so to give a quick summary, there is a group of soldiers who go to a research facility in the Arctic Circle at the North Pole. And they find an alien spacecraft. And within the spacecraft, they find a man encased in ice, a spaceman in ice. They take him back to the research facility. Research doctor scientist says, please do not hurt this man. I want to research on him. And the army is like, no, we're going to we're gonna kill him. Gonna Turns out he's a super, super carrot. That's literally what they yeah. say. And he starts <laughs> fucking shit up. And then they have to try to catch him. And the only way to kill him is set him on fire and electrocute him to death. Uh, because he's a carrot, and you can't shoot a carrot with a gun. Yeah, and you have to boil carrots. Yeah. So <laughs> So electricity. That's literally how they come up with a plan to, like, burn him. Because someone is like, how do you get rid of a carrot? Mm, you boil it? Yeah. <laughs> you boil it, you fry it, you set it on fire? <laughs> yeah, they're, um, so it's a really large ensemble cast. There are so many men who look exactly the same. Two women, only one of whom has lines, but she is phenomenal nikki she really love is. her she is carries in the movie on her shoulders in my opinion and mr i have an idea man mm-hmm. i really liked him yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 um but yeah i enjoyed it this movie what what was interesting about this movie to me was that it seemed the take seemed to be like scientists meddle too much in military business a la the bomb and we should let the military handle its own shit. But then, like, who who do you think was telling the scientists to build the bomb and then drop the right. bomb? So I'm confused. I agree. Um, I also felt like it was a little wishy-washy on the message because it was it was cycling back and forth between listen to the scientists, they're wise, and also listen to the military or you'll die. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But both of them were wrong at multiple points in the movie. But then at the end, the scientist makes his way to the thing and he tries to communicate with the thing. And then the thing just kills him right out. 
and then the military kill the thing. So you're left with feeling like, oh, so you're supposed to feel like the military knows what's best. And outsiders are only out to kill us, confirmed. Yeah, and I also think the main antagonist, the doctor, was meant to look Russian. Like, he had his, like, little Russian hat thing on. Oh, he looked yeah, he had, like, a little Lenin a goatee. Yeah, um, so I think that was a pretty clear dig at, oh, at the The Soviets. naive heart of communists. Yeah. To think that you could befriend a vegetable. So foolish. <laughs> So foolish. Yeah. So um, can we can we explain this? Yeah. So um, when the scientists are investigating the uh, thing from another world, they uh, are looking at the cell structure and realize it's like a plant cell structure as opposed to an alien, or I mean, animal. Excuse me. Um, it is an alien though. <laughs> um, it's an alien plant. And it's a super carrot. Then yeah, and then another guy's like. So it's a super carrot. And they're like, precisely. Yeah. No. And that's just the, what they go with. Yeah. And the carrot um, feeds on blood. Um, so it kills some dogs. And then the scientist starts growing his own aliens with just some blood bags. Um, and then there's like a little crop field of tiny alien um, plants that are growing and breathing. The soldiers are so dumb. Yeah, they're so dumb. They're so dumb. Um, one funny moment from the movie is when they're um, investigating the spaceship um, where they find the thing from another world. There's like this massive crater in the shape of a circle. Um, and then they all decide, let's stand where the outline of the crater is. And only after they're all standing in a circle do they realize, oh my God. It's yeah. a perfect circle. It's a perfect circle. <laughs> they couldn't have just like looked at it and seen that. And yeah. then they're like, okay, how are we going to get the thing out? We have this bomb. Let's Yeah, let's blow it up. And then they're like, oh no, we destroyed the spaceship. Because we used a bomb to thaw the ice. <laughs> and then in another scene when they discover, oh wait, we can burn up this thing, literally. Um, they decide to do so in the dumbest way imaginable by just like setting fire to the room they are all in. Yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, the main character, our protagonist, uh, his love interest is in the room also. And before they do this, he's like, here, hold this pillow to protect you from the fire. <laughs> Go in the corner and like hold this pillow. Which she does, and the thing goes over and smacks her, but uh, she uses the pillow and she's okay. She uses yeah. the, pill the pillow, but the then pillow the pillow works, catches fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're just all on fire, and then the thing runs back outside, and they all. the next scene is them all tending to their burns. Yeah, yeah. it's really stupid. <laughs> Though I will say it was very impressive that they literally set somebody on fire yeah, for that Yeah, yeah, that was like the spookiest part. Him, like, kind of yeah. Yeah. thrashing the fire. Yeah, Because yeah. the thing himself wasn't very scary. He looked no. like Frankenstein. It literally was just monster. Frankenstein. Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, excuse I'm going to fling myself yeah. from the window. Except instead of being undead, he's um, multicellular in, in yeah. nature. <laughs> he's a carrot. He's a carrot. Yeah. He doesn't even look like a carrot yeah. at all. And I'm confused no, about no, no. how... Well, whatever. The worst part of this movie to me is that uh, there's this character who's a journalist the whole time, um, and he's so fucking annoying. <laughs> he's like he's like trying to be Jeff Goldblum, but he doesn't have any of the charm, and he's just annoying. And I was waiting the entire movie. I'm like, oh, this guy is clearly fodder for the monster to kill, mm -hmm. um, and then he doesn't die. Yeah, he he fucking he fucking gets the he he uh, does a monologue at the end to close the movie, right. no less. Well, we're very pro-journalism in the 1950s, so yeah, I, I didn't think he was going to die. I guess pro-journalism when it comes to, uh, for the sake of stopping the evil forces of communism. 
Yeah. Not, uh, Journalists as an agent of the state. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Which changes in Vietnam big time. Because now they're now they're projecting the horrors of war right. to the people who are already against the war. But during like fifties, sixties, it's Ed Morrow era. Good yeah. night and good luck. Everybody everybody fucking loves the radio. Everybody eats that shit up. Yeah, it feels heroic. And that's how yeah. it's portrayed at the end. The journalist is like to recount the story being like five brave men entered the North Pole and five yeah. monsters unseen, blah, blah, blah. By yeah. the way, it's John F. Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's funny is if you ever ask me to do a JFK impression, I can't do it. But you but, just if you just, <laughs> but if you just ask you to do uh, an impression of a man, <laughs> you will. No, if you ask me to do the impression of the journalist from The Thing from Another World 1951, I can do a really good JFK okay. impression. Holy cats. Oh, yeah. Holy um, cat. Another, yeah. another great. So um, uh, the the protagonist also has a few great uh, lines that he repeats several times throughout the film. One is he says, holy cat, as opposed to like, holy cow, I guess. Um, sure. And then he also goes, close that door. Yeah. yeah. Which um, uh, was referenced in the new movie. Yeah, they said someone said I don't close know. that door. Right. I mean, that's like a thing that people say, but it, he said it in a certain way. That it's it's yeah. very, like, it yeah. Yeah. Also, they used footage from the up. original in the um, John oh. Carpenter's remake. Yeah, it looked I like in, when they're looking at the footage of the Norwegians, um, that oh footage looks like it's fr- footage from the thing from another world. It really, it very well could be. Yeah. That's good. Not 100% confirmed. Not going to confirm it, but I th- I'm like... It passes the eye test. Yeah. The I say so test. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah. So this movie, this movie was not scary. No. No. But not bad. Yeah. I thought it was really stupid how it takes a long time for the thing to really start attacking the people in the movie. But right when that starts to happen, they lock him in the greenhouse. And then there's like 20 minutes of them being like, okay, let's go back to our normal duties and talking with each other. And then, you know, kind of figure out what to do about this thing in the greenhouse. And the thing doesn't really show up for a long time after that. And yeah. That was really stupid. And there was no, they didn't feel tense. Yeah. A, a large portion of this movie is just a uh, sort of debate between the scientists and the military as opposed to uh, uh, deciding what they should do. And yeah. the scientists are like, let's let's investigate what's going on. And the military is like, no, we have to wait for our orders. And until then, we shouldn't do anything. Um, so then it's just a lot mm-hmm. of people talking in a room instead. There's so much science in this movie. And it's, it just like made me so lost. There's so much explanation of <laughs> the biology of this creature and how it resembles a plant. And then there's all the talk about the plasma and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. like, what is happening? And there's so many people and the, there are so many characters yeah. in this movie and they all look the same. And there's like the faction of soldiers. And that's where our boy uh, Pat, our protagonist, is. And uh, Mr. I Have an Idea and a few others. And then on the other side, there's the scientists which is the Russian-looking ass and uh, look-alike Zachary Quinto. And then Nikki, the lady, she works for the scientist as, like, a secretary or something. I don't know. She wears pants, so maybe she has a more significant role. Whatever. Like she she always like a, has to read yeah. his notes. Um, and she yeah. kind of goes back and forth and eventually turns to the side of our heroes. The military. The military. Although they do go against the orders of their 
Um, yeah, at a certain point, um, they're like reading off orders that were given to them and they're like laughing at, laughing at them because they're like, oh, we're not going to do that. Or like, we already did that and it didn't work or whatever. Yeah, because the orders are like, don't kill the thing because we want to study it. And they're like, no, we're going to kill the thing because it's killing us. Yeah. Because we got to A lot yeah. of mixed messages and I'm like, what, what are you trying to say, movie? Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. It's like, who can you trust, man? We're all That's communists. True. The Rosenbergs. They were just yeah. like a little couple. I, one thing I did really appreciate about this movie was that with in a lot of scenes, as people are talking, there's a ton of stuff going on within the shot, whether it be people gathering things to get ready for some experiment or even something as simple as like somebody lighting a cigarette. They do uh, all this camera work where it's like swooping through everybody doing all their tasks and it keeps keeps the scenes interesting to look at because everything's always moving and changing. And the, the way it's choreographed, I thought was good. There are some great, uh, there's some great camera work in this movie. Yeah. A lot of good special effects, I guess, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And maybe used a real plane. Looks like mm-hmm. it. They filmed uh, some of this movie at the Glacier National Park, which is in somewhere um, in the United <laughs> States, and then used a ice storage facility in Los Angeles for a lot of the interior scenes. Yeah. But I definitely did notice the dialogue in this movie was pretty realistic in terms of like people talking over one another um, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. things things were like really quick paced. Um, the, the dialogue was On quick paced move. while the movie was very slow. <laughs> yeah, because there's just a lot of babble, a lot mm-hmm. of babble. Yeah. You can honestly glaze over as you watch this movie and not really listen to the dialogue and not really care who is who and you still would get everything you need to know. Yeah. My, uh, I'm excited to get out of the era of black and white film just because it's, I'm so face blind and it's very hard for me to tell people apart yeah, without that. being able to see the like color of their hair and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say this is a, a certified nor. Yeah. Super carrot goes to the North pole. Nor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say horror. I'm, I'm a bit more, uh, uh, forgiving with my ratings here um just because i think i love the um the really timely critique of Mm -hmm. um what's happening in the world Mm -hmm. and i think it's a unique angle to take and it's also not the queen of spades (laughs) yes yeah i liked that um unlike the john carpenter version i like that this movie spent time on the uh, moral question of what to do yeah. with an alien. Yeah. Um, and I thought that's an interesting angle to take. So if this were branded as a philosophical sci-fi with some suspense thriller elements, I would say you know top-notch movie. And, and let's tie that let's tie that back into contemporary events. You know, thinking about okay, what do we do with an alien who has come to the United States potentially with malintent. Uh, an immigrant, right. perhaps, from the Soviet Union. What do we do with them? Uh, like the Rosenbergs, do we kill them? Yes. Is that the is that the only solution to handle traitors and spies? According I don't know. to this movie, yes. yes. Yeah. Because they will just kill yeah. you the second they get the chance. No matter exactly. what. Exactly. Because they don't understand English. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it's kind of basically why that scientist died. <laughs> Yeah, because the vegetable didn't understand English. So well, he the, just, scientist, like, the scientist survived. He just broke his collarbone. Oh, I didn't. 
didn't know that he was in yeah, the other Yeah, they, they talked about that at the end of the movie. He didn't show up. He, he, his contract was over yeah. at that point, I guess. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they had a they had the doctor come in and say, "Oh yeah, Mister Scientist will be fine. He just broke his collarbone, <laughs> healing up nicely." Okay. Though I, I will say, I, I guess I'm as I'm talking about it, I'm feeling like I'm kind of dogging on it. But I did have a good time watching this movie. It wasn't a bad time. Yeah, this this I felt like was was a a, a pretty well made movie. Yeah. Um, but I just like it. It wasn't a horror movie to me, and. Um, I definitely did uh, also sort of look at this movie with rose-colored glasses because I really like John Carpenter's The yeah. Thing. Um, so I was like, if this movie inspired that movie, then it's got to yeah. be all right. I was surprised at how differently the the two movies, how different in directions they go. Yeah. Um, from the same source. Well, because I feel like this movie is more about like, an external threat and the the mm-hmm. John Carpenter's is more about an internal threat that is spreading within a group. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are are they even soldiers in the new one? I guess we can start talking about it's not new. Um it's from nineteen eighty two. I don't I don't think that they are soldiers. Um I think that they're just researchers. That's what I thought, yeah. 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 And so, like some of them aren't scientists, like the main character is just a helicopter pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the, there's like a dog keeper and whatnot. Yeah. So it's a lot less, it, it, it glorifies the military way less, which is, um, makes sense given the era. Yeah. Post-Vietnam. Uh, Post-Vietnam, yeah. There were a lot, there were a lot fewer um, movies that glorified the military and then 9-11 happened and then we started to make them again. Yeah. Um, there were, there were a few in there, like Glory and Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Um, but that's, Right. Older, older wars happening. Right. Um, there, are, yeah. Post post Vietnam, there are very few movies about that era that are not highly critical of that right. era. I think there's only there's only like one maybe movie made during Vietnam that was like pro military, and I don't know what it's called, but it's starring John Wayne. Oh, really? Okay, that mm-hmm. doesn't surprise me. I think we actually brought that up on one of our very first episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we did. Yeah, but we can we're, since we're sort of transitioning into um, John Carpenter's the thing. I think we can just fully fully jump into that pool. Um, mm. This movie uh, follows the same basic premise of following a, a research institute in the Arctic, um, no, nope. except Antarctic. Yes, um, there you go. In this one and down under, as opposed to uh, the thing from another world. Um, this isn't just like an alien that's trying to kill people. It is a shape-shifting alien um, that consumes people and then takes on their form. A parasite. Um, yes. Um, so most of the drama in this movie is um, trying to determine mm-hmm. who is an alien and who isn't. And I figure we don't want to spoil too much more of this. Um, just let's because... do um, let's do non-spoiler section, spoiler section, spoiler zone. Okay. Yeah. 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 I really I really enjoyed this movie. I especially love the practical effects. I think that's what mm-hmm. this movie is mainly known for is its practical effects. Um, so good. Some really good, um, I guess, gross-out horror. Yeah, really wonderful stuff. Yeah. Really, really fun props that you can really tell they had so much fun making. Just, like, really creative and bizarre and very convincing. Still. Yeah, definitely. It, it looks... Um, some of them. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it, it, in many ways, it looks a lot better than CGI stuff. And... Yeah. Definitely appreciate just like the the art and passion that you could tell went into making the movie. 
No, absolutely. I I um again not to sound like a cinema bro, but I I I'm more affected by the gross out horror in even the cheesier practical effects than I am in better special effects. And it's just so so nice. They just do it so well in this movie. It's it's really like I think maybe the best, maybe next to like Evil Dead. Gremlins. But even then. Yeah, what about Gremlins? Gremlins, Gremlins yes, has Gremlins the best practical effects of any movie. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to read a piece from um, the uh, article in the Atlantic by Noah Berlatsky. And uh, this is some cultural analysis, some critical analysis of this movie that we were talking about at the top of the episode. Um, So The Atlantic's Noah Berlatsky said that unlike typical horror genre films, females are excluded, allowing the thing to be identified as a fear of not being man or being homosexual. Indeed, several assimilations involve penetration, tentacles, and in Norris's case, spoiler, opened up at the stomach to birth his own replica. The slasher genre favors female stars as they are perceived as weaker and therefore more empathetic, providing a cathartic release when they are when they defeat the villain. But in the thing, the men are not meant to survive. That's interesting. Yeah. And a little less cynical than the other fun fact you read about them not wanting to include women in the new one because they didn't want to have to get sidetracked in a love story. Yeah. 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 Well, that's not an analysis. That's something I think that the screenwriter actually said. That's fucking so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a good take on um, that yeah, decision. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that that goes along with the um, era as well, too. As more women are entering the workforce, men are starting to feel um, emasculated uh, because women are are working alongside them um and obviously people are gay yeah and there's um i I was wondering when you made the comparison i was wondering if you were talking about the aids crisis also in the sense that there's a lot of like people worrying about blood in this movie and whose blood is whose and testing each other yeah who's there's a very probably maybe the most iconic scene in the movie um where they're literally testing whose blood is clean and whose blood is alien. Yeah, that was mostly a joke I was making. Um, but I, I definitely... I think it like could be read in that way. Sure. Um, if you are... Because, c- I mean, ultimately, this, this movie is about um, the breakdown of a community when an unknown pathogen or unknown entity enters the community and who can be trusted and who cannot be trusted and i mean i don't i don't know enough about the aids crisis to um have that like cultural history piece like Mm -hmm. i don't know i know there was a lot of um moral panic surrounding like the gay community from the outside i don't know if there was as much like within the gay community i know um there's a lot of like stigmatization of hiv positive individuals uh and just like the general unknown, but I also yeah. think this movie came out before the like. Yeah, the the AIDS crisis was just beginning in 1981. Yeah. So it's unlikely that that was a choice made by the yeah, film directors. Fair but. But if I were going to write an essay about it, I might I yeah, might maybe, say that. Yeah. yeah. I, I I do think that the movie did like an okay job, like a pretty good job with giving each character like different eccentricities that help you distinguish them from one another. But um, a lot of it was very like surface level. Like Mm -hmm. McReady was 
man and then right. uh, Blair was science and then right. there, were, there were like two black characters who were like stereotypical the black other stereotype of ways. the other yeah. yeah 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 um so it was just kind of hard for me to like keep up and uh really care about any of the characters that being said, I, I didn't like dislike it, and it, I it was yeah. just all, also sleepy. Yeah, this movie is for sure a slow burn. Yeah, um, and it has a lot of dude bro energy. I, I totally get where you're coming from, Margo. But I feel like they just do a really good job of um, building suspense, and I think um, it's definitely like a fun game for the audience to play of trying to, to guess who um, is the thing and who isn't. Yeah. Um, so you can sort of play along as the characters are doing so. Yeah. Um, and uh, they like do a really good job of making things uncertain and throwing red herrings in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the movie ends. Um, I really like the ending. The ending is, is really phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I guess we can, can we go into spoilers? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, would recommend this movie to anybody who's curious to see it. Absolutely would recommend it. Absolutely. A hundred percent. John Carpenter's the thing. Spoiler zone. Yeah, spoiler zone. By the end of the, the film, there are only two survivors left, um, and it is left up in the air whether one or both of them is the thing. Um, Not both. And. Because then the be thing both. would know. And then they wouldn't. Because the thing shares a consciousness. I, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, but if one of them is the thing, then the, both of them are going to be the thing eventually. That's true. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I I said I said one or both because sorry, ne- one neither or both, mm. um, because if one was the thing and one wasn't, there would be no reason for the thing not to immediately attack because that's yeah. what it does when it's alone with another thing, another <laughs> another person who is yeah, not right. the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, is true. That is true. Because what what threat? Yeah. Cause, yeah. Because at that point, they're both so. Um, like tired and decrepit. And they blew everything up already. Yeah. yeah. And they say to each other that like um, neither of us are in a position to fight back. Um, so we'll just wait. Yeah. Um, and then the movie ends before you find out. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, no one is right in this movie, which is... Sure. I think some people are more wrong than others, but one of the the scenes that stuck with me was when they're doing the blood when they're doing the blood testing. Um, one of the guys goes to stab McReady, and McReady turns around and shoots him in the head, and they test his blood, and he's a he wasn't a thing. And um, one of the 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 character who ends up surviving with McReady, whose name I don't remember, Childs. Childs says. That makes you a murderer. That makes you a murderer, yeah. And it do. And it do. Um, but McReady that, doesn't care at all. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, <laughs> what can you do? That moment um, when the dog guy goes at Freddy? Is that really his name? Okay. McReady. McReady. Freddy McReady? Oh, McReady no. is Mc what you're Reddy. saying. Yeah, they yeah, call yeah, him yeah, Mac. Yeah, 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 yeah Mac. Um, the part where the dog man goes at him with a knife and then he gets shot, I, my jaw dropped, even though I'd seen this movie like three times already. Um, yeah that part always gets me that whole scene is so good yeah it's so good i love the the moment where um they're testing again i don't know this person's name um, but the roller skating one Mm -hmm. um 
testing his blood and they test it and it turns out that it's clean and then they immediately cut to him holding a flamethrower aiming it at everybody else i thought that's yeah. a really fun cut yeah there is that whole scene it, while it's so tense there are a lot of things that are uh done comedically in style which is really really fun especially uh when they finally find the thing through the blood test yeah and it starts <laughs> to transform on the couch while it's tied to two humans that mm -hmm. are still on the couch and they can't do anything but sit there and be tied to the thing as it transforms into a man-eating creature and uh the way it's shot and the way it endures for so long it really is quite funny and even though it's still yeah tense. yeah yeah one of the uh other cool things about this movie um is that because the thing is a shapeshifter um and when we often see it it's often mid-transformation mm -hmm. that it's never the same in any one two in any two scenes so each time it feels really fresh and there's mm -hmm. like a new scary aspect to it. Which must have just taken so long to construct. Yeah. yeah. It's really impressive. It really looks like a ton of work went into those prosthetics and it pays yeah. off. Yeah. And a lot of goo. So much goo. So much goo. Um, yeah. I would say my favorite version of the thing is um, when a guy's head sort of like falls off of his body and then sprouts little spider legs yeah. and so it crawls good. out of the room and turns then everybody, everybody turns around and they're like, what the heck? Yeah. They do a really stupid callback to that in the new it movie. Uh, oh really? Yeah. Why? So the line when, uh, they turn around and the spider is there, the guy literally says, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And then they spray it with fire in the it movie. The it monster literally turns into a spider like that. And one of the kids turns around and literally goes, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Wow. Uh, wow, that's dumb. Yeah. While I feel so bad for the dogs that die, because their death scenes are, are really drawn out and sad, I think my favorite version of the thing is when it's in the dog kennel, and dog uh, heads are sprouting out of the glob, and there's even, like, one human eyeball that's, like, opening and closing, and the tentacles that are, like, going every which way. Um, it's just so cool. So cool, so fun. Yeah. Uh and my... then it sprouts arms and climbs out of the ceiling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my favorite version, and I don't remember when this happens, I think it's um, towards the end, is when it, it the thing neck goes up and then another head comes out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Very Chalupa. Mm, yes, very <laughs> Chalupa. Chalupa rolled in poopy today. Yeah. And I also just generally <laughs> yeah, appreciate... <she> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I also just generally appreciate um, how how much comedy... I'm, I always forget how much comedy is in the remake of the thing. Um, like the part at the very beginning when they decide to burn it and they run into uh, one guy's quarters and he's like, Max says he wants to get the flamethrower. And the other guy's like, what? Because he has been out of the loop of what's been going on this whole time. And he's like, you heard him, get the flamethrower. It's really funny the way they deliver it. Um, yeah, I think horror without comedy is n never, never as fun. I, well, I don't know. That's a sweeping generalization. But I think I think a little bit of comedy um, really helps out horror. Yeah. A little bit of, like, self, uh, self-awareness. Yeah, yeah. I feel like laughter and fright are also just super related, so it makes sense. Sure. Just because laughter is often a reaction to uncomfortable feelings. Sure. Mm -hmm. And in, in, in like dramas, you have comic relief to breathe for a little while. 
Same thing with horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just need a, a moment or two to breathe every once in a while. Um, and even like the worst horror, like the the worst movies that are happen to be horror movies that I like, quote unquote, bad. Like if they if they're not taking themselves too seriously, I still enjoy watching. Yeah. Where like something like. I, I don't know. I can't think of a particular example. That one we watched with Corbin Blue in it. Yeah. That, that just so like bad. is so serious the whole time and tries to be so like yeah. deep and intellectual. It's just like honk shoe. Yeah. I play hear with you. me, please. Yeah. And that's why I think some of the most successful horror movies have that bit of fun. Yeah. Play. Play. As fun. Dated, I mean, yeah, this movie is very likes. fun. Even though it's slow, uh, it still has that 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 energy. Which I think the first movie had a, did a good job of keeping up the just mm-hmm. just like energy of keeping it going, and and playing almost. Yeah, there were yeah. uh, there were times in the in the original that I like laughed, um, mm-hmm. like Mister mm-hmm. I have an idea. He was so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I we have an idea. Let's set him on ideas. fire. <laughs> oh, great idea. You can definitely do that to a carrot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we should try it. Chalupa likes carrots. We would just unleash Chalupa on the super carrot, and she would eat it. That's good. That's good. Wouldn't stand a chance. I also really loved um, the lighting design in the new movie, with all that white reflective snow. They have these neon blues and bright pinks from the flares that really spread out really nicely in gradients. It's fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. They have some really fun handheld moments, too, where they're running down hallways that I really like. Mm. It looks like Kurt Russell was wearing blue eyeliner the whole time. That was fun. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know if he was. To make it look like it's icy cold? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> he's <laughs> North Pole he's the woke. Um, the doctor that they lock in a room because he goes crazy, that's the diabetes guy. Blair. His name is Blair. Blair St. Clair. Oh, he was the wow. autopsy guy. Uh, another part of this movie that I really like is when they're at Blair, when Blair's giving the autopsy and he's just kind of like reaching into the corpse of the alien. And as he's doing this, he does this like four or five times. He just goes like, oh, oh, God. Oh, as he's just like pulling out goop and chunks of things from this corpse. Well, really something funny. I read was that um, John Carpenter was very influenced by uh, Lovecraft's stories when he was creating this movie. And one critic um, likened McReady, Mac, as the typical protagonist we see in movies, like big macho man who like fights the thing it fears and ultimately defeats it. Whereas Blair is more of a Lovecraftian protagonist who uh, succumbs to his fear and ultimately serves the thing uh, he fears. Mm. Oh, wow. That's very interesting. As he builds little little spaceships. <laughs> yeah. They they lock Blair away because he becomes uh he like <laughs> freaks out and starts trying to attack people. Um and they aren't sure if he's the thing or not. Um but when they go to test to see if he is the thing, they find out that he's been building a tiny little spaceship in like a a carved out cave underneath the um shack that he's been locked in. Uh, which is really funny. He like stole parts from the helicopter and from like the, yeah. the tractors they have to make a, a little replica of the big spaceship. <laughs> which is honestly more incriminating. I would think he's yeah. the thing if I saw him building <laughs> a spacecraft. 
Uh, that part's stupid. That part's stupid. Also, speaking of stupid parts, um, at the very beginning of the movie, um, because, you know, we're all five years old and we can't put things together on our own, they show an alien spacecraft crashing into Earth. And then the credits come on the thing. I, I just, I don't know. I feel I feel like the movie thinks we're so dumb. I, I think don't that's know. just like a fun... It doesn't no, bother you guys. Yeah, much, I, I, you just me? hate exposition of any sort. I guess I do. But that's the other thing that I love about this movie is the way it starts with the Norwegians shooting upon this dog um, with the researchers dog, already in the North Pole. Death. What? Oh, nothing. Um, we'll get that in post. Yeah, because it just gives you a lot of questions and... Um, yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't really it, have a... Uh, establishes the tone really well i I do agree with you that it's not necessary because um you like literally find out like 20 minutes later that it's an alien um but i don't have a problem with it because uh that shot is five seconds long and also if you know about the thing from another world you can probably infer there are aliens yeah so it's not like a spoiler right i also could see it being an homage to the original as also it being maybe like kind of like a cheesy sequence like that. It just feels really out of place with the rest of the movie, which is really grounded and gritty. Well, also the um, universal logo is the globe and it's a universal picture. So I think that could mm. that. Yeah, maybe Part maybe just too. for the transition. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. A lot of people think it was a producerial decision that, that first shot. And that would fit with the... If it was universal, because they were... Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. But yeah, I don't mind it. it close your eyes for the first three seconds if you... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're bothered. <laughs> don't look. Yeah. Um, but another another homage to the original thing um, is that uh, the title card is the same, um, which was fun. It was fun when we watched The Thing from Another World and saw that, oh, it's the same thing uh, that they use in The Thing. Yeah. I'm saying thing so much. No, but yeah, it, it is cool. And, and it's adapted just very slightly so that it fits the kind of 80s tone, but it still mm-hmm. is very clearly a replica of the first movie. It's done, yeah. Yeah, that's just kind of like, it's an enduring story that could be made over and over again with just a few tweaks and it would still remain relevant um, yeah. to the audiences that are watching it. So now we have to watch the Definitely. 2011 version and see if it's about uh, Osama bin Laden or something. <laughs> The thing's going to do 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. Ethan missed all that. I guess so. He's not responding. Sorry, I can't hear you. It's okay. We were just being really funny for a second. Oh, damn it. I missed it. It's fine. You'll hear it in post. Thank God. Um, Yeah, but definitely would recommend this movie for anybody who likes horror. Um, Anybody who likes movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, it's a cult a classic. Cult classic, absolutely. And it's not that scary. Definitely. Yeah, it's it's not it that scary. It isn't that scary. And it isn't that scary. Did y'all catch when Blair was giving C- so the famous CPR scene when the guy's chest eats Blair's arms or whatever? Maybe mm-hmm. not Blair. It's not. Uh, Blair. Did you notice his uh, fake CPR skills? No, because I don't know how to perform. Go CPR. back. Go back and pay attention to him giving the CPR because uh, obviously you can't give real CPR person but it, it is wasn't so cpr it was ekg bad. no he was doing cpr before the ekg oh really and then he does the ekg yeah mm. and it's literally so unbelievably bad that you'll wonder that how could you have never seen it before why why is it bad 
I'm not going to watch it I don't again, know. So. My, my thought is maybe they were using the real person at the time. Okay. So they couldn't actually compress his chest. So the yeah. guy's literally... It's like, you have to see it. You have to see it. It's literally that bad. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here's the thing. Boo! Ah! Ah!